I feel like you can't call it an NRL magic round without magicians. How would that translate in the hard-hitting world of rugby league? I think they'd be good with the sleight of hand, the yep. deft passes. Maybe um, the dummy? Yep, but when it comes to putting their body on the line, I think they'd probably get really seriously injured. We need to do something about the amount of time it takes a Sinbin player to exit the field. What about any player getting Sinbin for the Titans? We say, if you get off in the next 10 seconds... We'll sign you up to another team. Or we'll offer you a premiership. Well, They're not going to believe it. Uh, we should look to markets that no other sport is looking at. Okay. And that's why I'm suggesting war-torn Yemen. You're really going to see Addo Carr at his fastest. I think so, especially um, when he's you know trying to outrun a mortar bomb. Yeah, if he's under fire, he's, he's going to be running. Hello listeners and welcome to another exciting episode of The Voluntary Tackle, the only NRL podcast prepared to advocate for a 33-team wildcard round-robin first-past-the-post-preferential-differentially-based final series. Today's show will be a slight deviation from our normal format in that we are sadly without our resident rugby league nutcase and regular prostitute user, Chip Jones. Chip's contributions to the ethical standards and NRL analysis of the show are integral. Not in the same way the wings of a plane are integral to its aerodynamics. It's more like uh, the herpes virus being integral to elite Pamela Anderson porno. He's the fairy dust that frankly makes it all work. Now, uh, Chip does send his apologies to the listeners and says he is confident of being back with us again on the next show, uh, provided he can explain why he was licking cocaine off the tits of a deceased Jewish grandmother. Not convinced pleading the fifth is a good strategy, but good luck, my friend. Now, I would like to take this time before we get into the guts of the show to remind our listeners to please rate us and comment on the show on iTunes. And please, if you have any feedback, send your questions and or abuse to the voluntary tackle at gmail.com. My name is Eamon Brown, and strap yourselves in for what I sincerely hope will be 30 solid minutes of mediocrity of the highest order. We'll be back after this quick commercial break. Sick of your unique neck or arm tattoos appearing in your possibly criminalistic porn videos? Well, look no further than Aircunt, a brand new real-time video editor guaranteed to remove those distinctive looking tattoos from pornos and mitigate the cuntishness of your videos by a whopping 43%. We've road tested our cutting edge technology on virtually every single NRL player with an impressive 99.7% success rate. We're still working on Todd Carney's tats. The filters seem useless against them. It's a bit weird. Anyway, get in touch with the good people at Aircunt for your free trial. Alternatively, you could just probably not do it. But if you must make a porno, come to us on 1300 Aircunt. Any player from the Penrith Panthers may incur a 15% surcharge due to the incredibly high demand and immense difficulty in airbrushing Phil Gould. Now, the Brains Trust at the NRL have got together to hatch a plan regarding the 2020 final series. Now, they basically got together in a boardroom and they started talking. Well, you know, eventually they did. Um, they first had to wait for Peter Beatty to uh, finish his rant about listening to the average punter. And, of course, they had to confiscate his iPhone as well. Fuckers constantly on Twitter. Now, the board decided that even though no team in 7th or 8th have ever won the comp, they thought, let's give ninth and 10th a crack. Here's an asthmatic hermit crab attempting to explain the system here. They're going to re 
revamp their final system, there's a proposal in 2020. And how it'll work, guys, is the top six teams after 25 rounds get the weekend off. But if you run seven and eighth under this proposal, you're no longer guaranteed. What'll happen, seventh will play 10th, eighth will play ninth, and the highest ranked winners of those two games on that free weekend will then go into the finals against the other six clubs. I really like it. The idea is to stop having so many dead rubber games. This year, there were 36 matches, okay, with nothing hang on the result for some of the sides. So what they're trying to do is get more people to the games, get more interest in the back end of the season. I really like it. Now, I hate to present my views in the form of a schoolyard nostalgia, uh, but I'm going to anyway. When I was at school and there was a running carnival or a swimming meet, what used to happen was the top three kids got rewarded for being the best and the fastest. Uh, they were showered with ribbons, uh, with trophies, uh, and in fact, in some select Catholic boys' colleges, semen. But the point was, they were told trying to be the best was a good thing. And probably more importantly than that, kids who weren't in that top three were told they were losers. And that because they couldn't land a spot on the podium in the 800 metres free, that they'd probably go on to become failures at life. You'll end up destitute, they'd say without any prospects. And if you're not careful, you'll end up hosting a rugby league podcast with Chip Jones. Now that might sound like harsh advice, but you know what? Life is harsh. And if the NRL plan to celebrate mediocrity and this whole everyone gets a medal bullshit approach, I'm not convinced it's going to wash very well with NRL fans. Uh, unless, of course, you're the Tigers. Then you'd cream your footy shorts because they basically dominate 10th place. To prove I'm right, don't listen to me. Listen to the wise words of one Gus Gould. Adam Blair had his first grade debut for the Storm at age 20. Cooper Cronk had his debut in first grade for the Storm at age 20. Ryan Hoffman had his debut in rugby league in first grade for the Storm at age 19. Greg Inglis debuted in first grade for the Storm at age 18. Billy Slater debuted for the Storm in first grade at age 19. Well said, Gus. Pretty cryptic, not going to lie. Um... But couldn't have said it better myself. In fact, it was... You know, I actually don't think that was the right tape. Anyway, um, here's a woman's take on league with Laverne and Shirley. We've got Laverne and Shirley. Uh, girls, uh... G'day. Hello. Hello. Now, there's a lot of talk, guys, about expanding the women's game in NRL, and they've started to play uh, in the last couple of years, getting a lot more exposure. How do you guys feel about women playing uh, the rough-and-tumble game of rugby league? I'm all for women doing anything. Um, Even spear tackles? Girls going to do what a girl's going to do. <laughs> I'd, I'm not for, like, violence. Okay. And I feel like it, it, NRL sometimes is bordering on, like, Quite dangerous. Yeah, sanctioned violence, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah. the closest thing we have to the Roman Colosseum, really. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and But, you know, I am an equal opportunist, so I always feel if, if a woman wants to be as stupid as a man is... Exactly. And, uh, That's you know, correct. for a living, have your brain bashed around, uh, I say, or oh, more power to you. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, same with female boxing or women on the front line in the military. I'm sort of for it. Um, Chip, obviously, he's not here. Uh, we've had a lot of disagreements about this. Uh, he's very much against it. Um, but I think Chip's disposition is very much from the 17th century. He sees himself as a Mr. Darcy-type <laughs> character, um, obviously lacking all the charm and all that kind of thing. Um, Shirley, how do you feel about uh, the women's game? I am for the women's game. I just think it's a bit disappointing that, like, I don't think the NRL is doing as well with the women's league as the AFL is. Oh, okay. And why do you think that is? Well, it's not on TV as much. Is that true? To I mean, be fair, I asked you just before when the women were playing and you didn't know. But you may have just um, exposed a flaw in my psyche there. Um, now, I am here also as a bit of a sage counsel for you guys. Now, when you watch a game of rugby league, and I'm not trying to be condescending here at all, but is there any kind of rules that you, you don't understand why a particular thing happens? Because maybe I can explain it to you live on air right now. I have a really big question. Okay. Why is there only one person that's allowed to kick a goal. Okay, so you're talking kick. about the conversion, like so when someone scores and then they kick a goal, yes. yep. only one person. Yep. To well, me, it would make more sense. Sorry, I no, completely please. interrupted you. To me, it would make more sense the person that did the try. Yep. Is that the correct terminology? Score the try. Score yep. the try. Like, surely they're the one that should have a goal kicking. I love that as an idea. I'd love the. F- I'd just love to see, um, you know, someone like Shane Webke have to kick a sideline conversion. Now, that for the record, no that's a... No one knows who Shane Webby is. <laughs> Don't worry, the listeners do, and that's all that matters. No, but uh, there's some kind of merit in that. I know when I was uh, playing footy as a young kid, that was actually the rule. If you scored the try, you actually had to kick Why the goal as well. Stop? That makes way more sense. Um, because a lot of people are shit at it, and so but you just have... that's too bad. Evens up the game. Look, let... They get shit ones, you get shit ones. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Laverne. I'm going to put that on Twitter, nice. and I'm going to find out... If the zeitgeist of the rugby league world is behind you or not, um, I'd, out of interest, Shirley, would you agree with that as an idea? Maybe the teams just need to do a better job of training up their entire squad. Yep. To do the goal kicking. Yep. Spread the talent. Like, you don't want one star in your team. You want, like, everyone to be good. I love the fact that this started out uh, as me sort of inquiring as to what sort of black spots of knowledge you guys had. And now you're just lecturing me on how the game should change in a particular way, which I have to say... It doesn't sit well with me, but at the same time, I can't fault your logic. So it's kind of annoying for me. I'm like, actually, it kind of makes sense, but I don't want to fucking say that. <laughs> but we will put it out to the NRL audience and see uh, if they agree with you or not. I have suspicions they won't, or maybe they will just to spite me because I've said that now. Yeah. Now, just as a bit of an adjoiner to our little conversation before, we were talking about uh, women being able to do everything that a man can do. Um, do you think it would be all right if a man started playing in the women's league? No. <laughs> what kind of a question is that? I think just for pure equality, uh, maybe not your great players, maybe someone like a Jackson Hastings, who's pretty shit, um, could be allowed to play in the women's league just as a symbol of equality between the sexes. It's equity, not equality. Okay. Could you define the difference? Because this is a rugby league audience and they won't have a fucking clue what the difference between those two things are. Equity is about like giving the people the leg up that they need rather than just giving everybody mm. equal. And I think until the women's game and the men's game is equal. I mean, it's a weird kind of gender area to be going into. Yeah, It's not just the NRL that this is a conversation for. Um, but if we're going to have genders, we stick to genders. It's not a women's league if there's boys playing in it. That's like a mixed team. Fair enough. It's so like you were saying the women aren't good enough. They need a man to get them through. 
Well, I'm so, don't put words in my mouth, Laverne. Whoa. I mean, that's very controversial. I like, I like the fact you're making this a hot topic. Do you have any final advice uh, for the NRL to attract more female fans? Instead of having female cheerleaders? Oh, that's a good one. We could have some, like, a show for the girls. Okay. We could have, like, a magic mic halfway. Like, <laughs> halftime. What if there's, like, an Aperol spritz bar? Like, they do cocktails and... Okay, so like a strip club, but for chicks. <laughs> is, this where, is this where we're going? I like this. Do the this. players strip off at the end? or? <laughs> yeah, I thought you guys were just feasting on the mound of flesh out there in the middle. Am I just being that naive? I thought, I thought the players were uh, your eye candy. Players? NRL? Eye candy? Not, not a thing? It's not a thing. Okay, so you want specialist strippers. This is good. I'm writing this down. Uh, specialist <laughs> strippers on the sideline, um, dancing around, frolicking half naked in front of the kids. It's meant to be a family atmosphere. Is that and what the women do? I know, I've been a hypocrite. And um, <laughs> you also want booze. Booze is a big part of it as well. But like a particular type of booze. I don't want a VB out of mm. a plastic cup and a You want absinthe. Let's not get ridiculous, honey. That was Talking League with Laverne and Shirley. Thanks for coming on. Welcome back to the Voluntary Tackle. Uh, now, clearly the issue of sex tapes is running rampant in the NRL. Now, I'm not just angry for the NRL community here. Uh, I'm actually also angry for the legitimate pornographer uh, who's just trying to make an honest living filming wholesome, run-of-the-mill porn uh, like, I don't know, two black chicks on an old Muslim guy uh, or multiple midget cheerleaders on an old Muslim guy. I have a fetish, who have had their good names sullied uh, by dickhead NRL players distributing sex tapes on forums like WhatsApp. Now, the biggest story so far has come from the Penrith Panthers, who look to have multiple players involved. But perhaps even more startling than the emergence of the videos themselves is what Laurie Daly said today. Take a listen. At the moment, if I had a son good enough to play and Penrith were in discussions with my son, I wouldn't want my son to go and play at Penrith. And I wouldn't want my daughter to go out with any Penrith player. Well, you'd have to prove, what... you'd have to prove, Laurie, that their their club's different to any other club no, in the well, national at the moment, I mean, well, how at do you the, prove Well, at the that? moment, well, at the moment, TK. Well, I... at the moment, how many people have been charged? Charged. Charged, and how many people have been involved? That have been released at the moment. There's yeah. three players or four players from Penrith. Yeah, you're compared not compared to compared to other clubs. Lies, so what I'm saying is you're not naive enough. No, to I'm think. not naive you're, enough. You're, well, but what I'm saying so is how, what I'm saying argument? is if I've got my son or my daughter, I don't want them going anywhere near Penrith. Now look, I'm no fan of leaked sex videos. Uh, in fact, I barely even came at the end of one night in Paris. Wasn't really interested. Uh, it was the pixie tales. It felt wrong. But I do feel these Laurie Daly comments are overblown. Clearly, he has an agenda here. He's probably not very happy uh, because Gus got him fired uh, as origin coach in exchange for Freddie. So he has an axe to grind there. It's a fairly safe assertion that every club has made a sex video in the past 12 months. Bar the Titans. The players aren't famous enough to land women up there. Besides, Flash Gordon would never let it happen. But the point is, no club is immune to the social phenomenon of making and distributing pornos via smartphones. So Laurie, I feel here, is pretty misguided. And it's not the first time Laurie has been misguided. Uh, remember that time he said Luke Lewis was too old for state of origin? 
when he was at the peak of his powers and instead went for the holy trinity of dynamic muscle in Ben Cray, Jamie Bura and Tim Grant. The sad truth is Laurie still doesn't know why we lost. And evidently Laurie is still not knowing things. But at the very least, it is the first time in recorded history that Laurie Daly has not said something that's completely pedestrian or vanilla on camera. His normal dose of -of run-of-the-mill platitudes were replaced in this instance with hurtful scorn for Phil Gould. Let me make that clear. Laurie is still factually inaccurate, uh, but it's good to see him graduate to a level of entertainment slightly above the SBS test pattern. And just in case you had forgotten just how boring he could be, here's a stroll down a very beige and characterless laneway. Laurie, no doubt this is the most important series for the Blues. Uh, are you starting to feel the weight on your shoulders? Oh, no, just um, really excited that it's um, finally starting to get here. Um, counting it down. Five months yesterday and um, two states going at each other and it, it, it's a good situation to be in. I'm very happy with the way that they're all playing and, and it's going to be a tough job because, um, you know, whoever... Um... Now, despite the voluntary tackles, numerous felonies uh, and, of course, that pending case in front of the Australian Taxation Office, uh, we've still managed to secure some big names and this episode is no different because we're about to interview legendary Australian comedian Rob Brown. Hello, Rob Brown. G'day, Rob. It's Eamon here from The Voluntary Tackle, mate. How are you going? Good, man. How are you? I'm very well, mate. Um, How's the podcast been going? Funnily enough, somehow we've got more than the seven listeners that we first started off with to listen Jesus. to us. Um, and it's been exponential growth since then. We're now up to 48, I think. So it's uh, big wow. numbers. That's seven times seven itself. You know, it's uh, <laughs> well, very close to. You know, it's, uh, oh, maths was that, never that my strong suit. On the sex tape drum, obviously the NRL, uh, they do love a good pre-season build-up. Um, and as usual, yes. um, it's been pretty boring, hasn't it? Uh, what have you made of the whole sex tape drama? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned, basically because of poor camera work. Um, I would have thought... I would have thought being being a Channel Nine production, um, there would have been a couple of camera different camera angles. I would have I would have expected a slow mo, uh, and I wanted a, a I wanted a, a bunker decision at the end, and uh, but there was none of that. There was none of that. Well, mate, I completely agree with you. It would have been good if they, especially during the Dylan Napa one, if they said if we freeze the play here and then they circled his junk. That's it. That's it. That's, and and I think and I think the fans would have wanted that. I think you're you know, right. I think. I think that's what's that's what's been missing is that a lot of these sex tapes is there's been almost no consideration for the viewer. You know, it's it's been completely it's been completely focused on the players, uh, with no with no regard to those watching at all. And the, and the reason I say that is because I, I filmed I filmed myself having sex with my beautiful wife and we watched it back and I went how how is it that those porn stars make their dicks look so big? And she went it's because they are which which was Astounding to me. I, I had no idea that she knew how big their dicks were. So, so um, all these years, Rob, you thought it was trick photography? I thought it was trick photography. I thought it was a couple of mirrors. Um, here I am with my champagne mushroom, ready to have a crack at it and make a star. And uh, and nothing. Nothing. Very disappointing. Very well, disappointing. I'm very sorry that it's uh, it's had a kind of sobering effect on you personally, Rob. But, I blame uh... my genetics. It's genetics. <laughs> Um, I'm white to the core. That's it. Being a white man, uh, they say it comes with privilege. It certainly comes with some drawbacks too. <laughs> it's 
not all fun and games. Hundred um, percent. Look, with, with regards to the NRL, I mean, how would you see this problem going forward? Now, obviously, you make a great point. Poor lighting—that's an issue. Uh, but in terms of actually trying to get rid of this as a behaviour, uh, is that—is that just a pipe dream? I mean, how do you tell players not to film themselves having sex? Well, it's—it's going to be tough, isn't it? You know, I mean, uh, especially with uh, the, the way the modern society is, I think filming yourself during sex has become, and especially when you're in your prime. Like, it's all right for me at fifty to go, "Woo!" I think I might put the put the film crew back in the cupboard and uh, and just snap this, rip this one off. I mean, it, it seems silly to waste it when I'm only on my own. But, I mean, when they when they have partners and everything, it, it's it's a moment you want to capture. Um, and, and let's face it, it's not like in the old days where you used to go down the cameras and wait to find out how it looked in three weeks' time. It's immediate. It's right there. You go, wow, look at me. I'm fucking amazing. You're not going to stomp it out. No, you're right, and and your theory there is that they're just in their swinging prime, and uh, that alone yes. is something that's going to sustain them going viral digitally for at least some time. Well, listen, I think I think if you film Billy Moore, he'd scream, he would scream Queenslander <laughs> as he uh, as he reached that point of wonderment. I, I think that, uh, and and that would be an origin ad here in Queensland. So um, yeah, it's hard it's hard to judge. It's very hard to judge. Do you think that uh, you know someone's performance in the sack might improve if they had Billy Moore in the corner screaming Queenslander as they fornicated? Oh, look, it wouldn't hurt, would it? I mean, I, mean, I know personally uh, that would get everyone in my room fucking pumping, you know, if uh, if Billy was in the corner screaming Queenslander at me. Uh, I've got to tell yeah, you, Rob, I, 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 I think it might turn me off, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have some sudden stage fright uh, just because I'd fear Billy Moore would rip my head off. Um, I'm just <laughs> not that one. into it. Okay, well, look, it's yeah, look, it's not going to be an easy, it's not going to be an easy pill to swallow. That's that's for sure. But uh, yeah, it's 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 exciting. It's exciting. Rob, what about uh, look? These are the kind of peripheral characters in these big scandals. But what about the the people who aren't having sex on tape? Uh, they haven't filmed it or distributed it, but they're in the they're sort of in the background. People like Kane Evans. Shadow boxing behind Dylan Napa comes to mind. Should there be penalties for people like that for just being a weird cunt? Look, I think I think turning up in your mate's sex tape as some sort of background anomaly is is a penalty, and and I think um and I think you should I, I almost think you should, you should be punished harder uh, because people are going, what the fuck are you even doing there? And uh, you know we, we understand what these two are doing. But um, you, my friend, are, are completely out of order. So, yeah, I agree. I agree that uh, the hangers-on, the backstages, the high-fives in the background, we don't need them. Uh, and they're applied on the game. <laughs> now, as much as I'd love to talk about Dylan Harper's erect penis for the next 10 minutes, I'm going to digress slightly uh, just towards yes. uh, the NRL having a brainwave in the last week, and that brainwave, and, and I know that might seem like an oxymoron, um, is that they want to uh, re- revamp the final series, basically, and they want, instead of having a top eight, they want to have a top ten, Rob, out of 16 teams. Yes. Um, what are your thoughts on that? It does seem a little bit like celebrating mediocrity to me. Well, it, that's exactly what it is, and, and I think it's it, it falls into line with the way modern society is working, where everyone gets a participation medal. So it's uh, it's an opportunity for those that don't stand a chance to have a chance, but not really, because they've still got to play the guys who really have the real chance. Um, I, I don't understand where it's coming from. I think I think the modern and the current 
um, uh, final series is fine. I think people understand that those that have played the best all year deserve a place in the final. Um, those guys that just watch the best guys all year, they, they can join the rest of us and watch them in the grandstand. I, I don't see any reason why they should be putting them on the field. At the end of the season, go, listen, we, listen, Mum, we made... Uh, we made we made ten somewhere in with a chance. Well, Mum's going. Well, you, you haven't. You haven't really. Uh, you're just being roped in. And uh, one, two, and three will knock you out. That uh, knock you out in a heartbeat. So I, I don't see. Any, it, it just gives false hope. It just gives false hope to Parramatta fans. Uh, and I don't want to name them openly, but um, it does. Uh, Titans fans are going. Fuck, we're in with a chance. Well, you're not. You're not. You've, you've made the final series, but it's a fake. So I think. Um, yeah, I think it's ludicrous, and the uh, the final series, as, it, as it's structured at the moment, makes complete sense and doesn't need to be changed. Love your thinking, Rob. I've had the exact same Thank thoughts you. about the old uh, give everyone a medal thing. In fact, I get the feeling the next step for the NRL might be to go around and confiscate every wooden spoon they've ever given out because they think that might be a bit too hurtful. Well, there are chances of going backwards, um, <laughs> uh, in which case we're only going to let the bottom, the bottom teams play, uh, and then... If, the hardest part is going to be getting handicapped parking. You know, there's only four spots, and here we are with uh, with, with 26 players ready to park up straight away. So, <laughs> I, I, no, I, I think it's I think it's ludicrous and uh, and should be it should be abandoned right away. Very quick idea for you, Rob. What if uh, to be a true wildcard concept, um, they actually get 17 actors who dress up as the Joker, um, ideally with no rugby league acumen at all, and they just let yes. eighth place kick the shit out of them. Well, see, I'd. I'd I'd watch that, you know, <laughs> not on Foxtel, not with their not with their antiquated uh, subscription system, but I would certainly watch it live. Um, before the like as a curtain raiser, that would be amazing. Wouldn't it be that so would be good? Amazing. Yeah, I'd be up for that. Rob, final question, mate. Uh, the poor old hapless yes. sharks, the men from Northies, um, they're in trouble oh. again uh, because the books have been opened up on them, and it turns out. They owe uh, money from everyone from the Shire to Uganda, uh, millions of yes. dollars, essentially. Um, yes. How do you see the poor old Cronulla Sharks getting out of such deep financial shit? Well, mate, it, it's tough. When, when you're getting everything on tick from an ounce to a player, it's, it, becomes, it becomes very hard to manage. Now, listen, I, I take my hat off to Gallard. Let's face it, for a man who doesn't wear a hat, that's a big call. Um, <laughs> hey, I... I, I, I just I just think that uh, it's it's basically accounting errors, you know. It's basically accounting errors, and they can't seem to manage to work out how to divide uh, sixteen into the two point or three point something million that they have. And uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to help them. You know, I don't I don't know what I don't know what to do. Mm, I think you might be right, Rob. I know Nick Politis is very good uh, with his creative accounting. He has a, a magic calculator which does all of his arithmetic for him. But maybe well, they just need amazing, something. He's on amazing. He's on amazing funds, uh, Nick. He uh, unless you unless you course you from the ATO, then he's got next to nothing, and he's on, actually on welfare. So it, it is it is going to be it's going to be hard. But I think the. Uh, the Sharks are an amazing team, and uh, they're an amazing club. They're based in a, a lot of heritage and racism, so I'm, I'm pretty sure that they will blame it on a foreigner and uh, <laughs> and hopefully move forward on this. Maybe that could be a, a way to kickstart the 2019 season. Just have a, a good old flashback to the riots again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blame it on a Muslim and move forward. I think that's that's what they need to do. Anyone different, fuck it. Doesn't even have. To, I don't care what their religion is. Just blame it on someone brown and different and. Uh, Preferably with a weird name, and, and just say they took the money. Um, I think, I think that's where I think that's where the sharks need to aim. 
Well, that's probably why Valentine Holmes left, now that you say it. He certainly hits that profile. Yeah. Um, I don't know yeah, if it I could mean, be something they could do, Rob, is sort of open up other revenue streams. Could they potentially set up stands on the sideline and sell some second-hand peptides? Yes, yeah, yeah, peptides for sale, second-hand ones. They're the best, they're the best. This is small bottles of urine. I think that's... Uh, and, and, you, and, and listen, your diehard fans would buy that. Your diehard, diehard fans would buy that. Die blue and sell it to them. It's uh, Classic yeah, merch. Leave the, porch, leave the porch light on. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, I know you're a busy man, mate, so I'll, I'll let it go there. But, um, mate, thanks again for joining us. And before you go, is there anywhere you'd like to plug? Um, look, if you're chasing a comedian or an MC for your next corporate event, corporate comedians, we're the way to go. So jump online, www.corporatecomedians.com.au, uh, <laughs> and we'll be there. You're a legend, Rob, mate. Thanks so much for your time, and we'll speak to you soon. Take care, mate. See you, mate. Bye. Bye. It's a 2019 NRL merchandise giveaway sale. After the worst preseason in living memory, we're giving away all stocks for, for fucking, fucking free. free. We've got Jack DeBell and Branded Pregnancy Kit still in stock. There's still a fair bit of bad press around, so it's for fucking free. We've got plenty of Shane Flanagan, Cronulla Sutherland headband still in store. He brought the game into disrepute, so it's fucking free. We have Penrith Panthers signed flags by James Maloney. But after all of the off-field shit, he'll be chasing the cash in the English Super League in no time. So it's fucking free. We've got a handbook of the rules of the Rugby League going back to 1908. But after the radical proposal to rip up the fabric of the game in the 2020 final series, they're now worthless. So we're giving it away for the special price of fucking free. Get in while stocks last because they're fucking limited. Well, that's all we have time for on the show today. Uh, Please subscribe to The Voluntary Tackle on iTunes to keep up with all the latest episodes and info. Uh, And please, obviously, tell your mates. uh, In fact, badger an old lady down at the shops if you have to. Whatever it takes. Uh, But until next time, just do what a stroke would do and cause a boil over by targeting an unsuspecting Luke Perry. See you next time.